All right, joined now by West Liberty head coach Roger Wiley. Coach, congratulations on the week one win. It was uh, certainly an exciting one. Tell us a little bit about it. Well, I mean, you know, anytime you get into a rivalry game, I mean, we knew what we were getting into. And, um, you know, just by experience of watching other people playing games, it was going to be a close game. I didn't think it would be a blowout because I knew we'd get their best. And the other thing, we didn't know what we were getting into. We had really no clue of what they were going to do offensively or defensively. So we just tried to prepare our kids for what we do and made adjustments as the game went on. Yeah, how difficult was it, you know, basically no film, you know, to to go off of a ton of new players and talent? I mean, you kind of alluded to how difficult it was to prepare to prepare, what about the adjustments that your kids were able to make as you started to learn a little bit as the game was going on? Yeah, well, it was more adjustment offensive-wise. I mean, offensively, just because we were expecting an even front and got the odd front. So in some of our pass protection schemes especially, it does change some things and, you know, what the quarterbacks are looking at, who we're declaring and those things. And we messed them up in the first three quarters. And, you know, we talked about the communication at halftime. It was had nothing to do with – you know, schematically, it's built in. We just got to communicate from the line to the quarterback to the back of where we're going and get those picked up. And, you know, by the time the fourth quarter came around, we, you know, had them down where we were going, and we didn't get a whole lot of pressure. We were able to protect and go from there. So that was one of the biggest factors in that. But we always try to prepare our kids. And week in, week out, you know, we – don't really adjust a whole lot no matter who we're playing we're just trying to get our kids to do what we do best and if somebody stops what we do best then we're going to have problems still were able to put up 500 yards of total offense do you feel like you got about as much as you could or do you feel that you like even still left some points on the board well, you always feel, I don't think you ever totally leave a game saying that, hey, we got everything we could out of it. I thought there were some opportunities that we missed, um, especially early on in the game. You know, we missed on a couple uh, big plays down the field. We missed on a couple of conversions, you know, third and I think it was six or seven. We missed a few of those. And so, you know, as the game got on, we got a, we got better. But, you know, coaches, you're greedy. You want to convert on all of them. And we didn't. So, therefore, you know, we're all you're always going to feel that you left something out on the field. Um, you know, run game-wise, we missed some holes that normally we don't miss in the run game. And, you know, you can go down the board. We dropped six picks. And so all those things being said, you know, I don't think you're ever going to be completely satisfied. You know, the big thing is we got the win, and that's what we try to preach to our players. It doesn't matter what the score is as long as we come out on top. And, you know, we got you have a short celebration, then you're into a short week, and you need to be ready for the next team coming to town. One of the outstanding performances last week was obviously from Thomas Cole. How did he, you know, what – what does he bring to your offense? Why is he so special out there? Well, first of all, he, he is a, a true tight end that can run. Um, but the biggest thing where I don't think a lot of people know this during the game, and especially when you're not watching film and dissecting the game, he can block. Where in the past that we've had those receiving tight ends, they somewhat struggled in the run game. 
Um, he's the total package, and I think that's what makes him more effective because he can block and he can run and he can get open, he can catch the ball. Um, you know, obviously he had an 84-yarder, and there was about three or four guys on their team that had an angle on him, and he outran the angle. So he's the total package just because he can do everything. He's not just limited to catching the football or running routes. He can block. Um, he's the, the ultimate team player. He understands that eventually um, somebody's going to try to take him out of the game by doubling or running a, a, a special coverage against him. But, you know, we do have the ability in our system to move him around. You know, he doesn't always line up at tight end. He'll line up at H. He'll line up in the inside slot. He can line up at a number of different places. So I think that it fits what we went in the past where we've had you know, pass-catching tight ends, you know, it fits into the system. But what he brings to the table that nobody, I think, realizes is his blocking ability. How difficult that is that for other teams? Because usually you're trying to account for, you know, a special player at a tailback or at a wide receiver and obviously quarterback. But to have somebody with, you know, as the tight end, how different difficult is it for opponents to then kind of prepare and game plan for, for that aspect of the game? Well, I think you know you got you have to pick your poison. I, I think that in certain past situations, I think that you know, matter where you line up, you can bracket him over the top. I think that becomes a lot easier. But if we can stay out of those, and every team wants to stay out of the definitely past situations, then when we're fifty-fifty, whether it be run or pass, that's where it presents the most problem because it's taking one guy out of the box or one guy out of run defense that, you know, definitely you're going to have to prepare for him. Now, on the flip side, you know, Notre Dame's so good, I don't think they'll do it. I think they're just going to line up and play and say, hey, we faced, we've been in the national playoffs, we have kids with experience and with those types of players, and we've been able to play with them. So I don't think they're, they're going to make any adjustments. But I think further down, down the line where you've got more matchup problems, they'll have to. But, you know, defensively it's hard. I know when, you know, back in the day when we'd have to bracket Thomas Mayo or, you know, this week with Marvell Ross, I mean, you know, we pretty much knew they were going to where they were going to line up with Thomas. You really don't know. I don't know where you know certain certain formations he can go different places. You talked about picking your poison. That kind of seems to be the how you'd have to go against Notre Dame. What kind of obviously talk about some of the challenges that they present both both offensively and perhaps one of the you know maybe one of the best kept secrets is that defense that's been playing you know really really well dating back to the end of last season and, and obviously last week just giving up ten points. Yeah, well, first of all, defensively it is that you know they can line up with their front four and get pressure on anybody in Division Two. You know the same guys that got pressure last year are doing the same things they did in the first game, and I'm talking about, um, uh, you know, Josco moved inside, but you know more importantly, uh, um, I don't know how Shahan Williams. Shahan Williams, yeah, yeah, Shahan Williams is a nightmare inside. He's a three <laughs> technique, and then you got those defensive ends that are coming and. You know, they they don't have any weaknesses defensively, and I think that's why they're able to pay coverage and don't have to take as many chances as other people do because they're going to get pressure with their front four, and they're not going to blitz a whole lot to get the pressure. And then when you don't have to blitz, you can stay in coverage, and that's more guy. you know, they're covering what's happening every time. So it does present problems 
just naturally because they can get pressure without blitzing. Uh, you know, we we have things built in our scheme to double team some of them guys, and we're not going to put more guys out in the route. So, you know, they'll make you make adjustments defensively just because they they're so good up front. Their front seven. You got Guam Lee playing linebacker that can play sideline to sideline. He can cover receivers. You know, if need be. Um, you know, the, the linebacker that took the place of the all-conference kid from last year, he's a little bit bigger and a little bit mobile, uh, more mobile than the kid. And then you got Collins at safety, who's been the premier, one of the best nickels in the conference, and or backer, outside backer, or whatever they want to call him. So they, they present a problem just because they don't have to blitz to get pressure. And then you know, the other side, I don't know what you say, they got the, probably the two best running backs in Division Two. Um, you know, where people don't talk about them enough is their return game. Every time Marvell Ross touches the ball, Jalil McLaughlin, they can go at any time. So obviously we don't want to give them extra touches in the special teams game. And then their quarterback is highly efficient. He can run, he throws the ball at a high percentage, and he finds, you know, the, his receivers. Now last week the tight end didn't play. I'm expecting him to play this week. He's listed as a starter on the depth chart. So with all of those weapons, and I mean, is this game about for you trying to, you know, no, you know, limit mistakes and really kind of control the clock to limit the amount of opportunities that that Notre Dame's going to have to score? Yeah, I think anybody that faces them have to do that, you know, because you're not going to totally shut them down offensively. I don't care. I mean, obviously it was proved last year in the playoffs. You know, they have enough. The only way they're not gaining yards and not scoring is if they're on the side. So, yeah, I think every team wants to monopolize the clock and slow the game down and not give them extra possessions. And in that same sense, you have to take care of the football. You can't, you know, give them short fields consistently or turn the ball over and not take advantage. And, you know, you got to methodically work your way down the field, take time off the clock, and then you also got to score. Thursday night under the lights once again. How much are you looking forward? To, although I know it's a short week, how much are you looking forward to uh, you know being at home and under the lights? Oh, you, you always like to play at home. It's our home opener. Um, I think playing on Thursday nights is is added f- special for our kids. I know they like it because they truly get a day off when we play <laughs> on Thursdays because they get Saturday off. You know, when we play on Saturdays, they get Monday off. Well, they still got to go to class, so. <laughs> They truly get a day off, and I know they enjoy it for that reason, but I know that they enjoy it because they're not fighting 5 million high school games and you're not fighting 5 million college games. And, you know, there'll be, what, three games televised on ESPN across the country. And so there is more people that do come to our Thursday night games than, let's say, a Saturday game. All right, Coach. Well, appreciate uh, you taking some time with us today. Best of luck on Thursday night. All right. Thank you, Adam.